following takes place between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. Events and recaps occur in real time. Hello and welcome to episode one of Overthinking It's Real Time 24 Live Another Day Recap. We are recapping today the first two episodes, the double episode, at the very beginning of Pete, the We return. don't have time to introduce the recap. Oh, hey, Ryan, it's Ryan Sheely. Oh, Ryan Sheely was just in the back room and he just came out. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm okay, Pete, but uh, where, where have you been for the last five years? <laughs> I've been busy. I've, well, did you read the comic book, uh, the 24 under... under I, I, I wrote have an time to read the comic book. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Ryan's really agitated. I'm just sitting here. It's about 11 a.m. I'm eating some cashews. I've got some cashews here with me because it's not quite lunchtime, but it'll probably be lunchtime around sometime when we're doing this recap. But uh, we just figured we'd talk about our favorite return show. But yeah, no, so uh, what Ryan was just re- mentioning and, and the story so far, that's Perhaps that's as good a place to start as any, right, Ryan Sheely? Yeah, yeah. All right. Absolutely. Okay. Yes, thank you for introducing me. Oh, of Let, course. You know, every field agent needs a com, right? <laughs> um, and and so on this twenty four podcast, this is this is a two hander, and with, you know, as with uh, any season of twenty four, there will be many small bads and big bads. Uh, mm. There may be lots of surprises and cliffhangers, so we don't know who will um, join us. But at the core, I think, uh, of any season of 24 is the field op and their com. Um, and and uh, we can maybe talk a little bit about this because we, um, we see this, uh, you know, one of the kind of major arcs in, in the first um, episode is Jack busting uh, Chloe out of, um, of, of, of being tortured by, by the CIA. CIA. Um, and we, we kind of see that relationship as well as a, a, um, some new versions of the field op com relationship. And so one of us is the field op and one is the com. <laughs> and if you want to make a case for which one should be which, weigh in on the comments on the website. Also... <laughs> I mean, I, I will, I will scowl and bang on my keyboard. <laughs> so if uh, I've got to get satellite up, all right, I've got, I've got to get satellite up, and it, we're not going to be able to reposition the satellite for another twenty minutes. Do it. I need it in ten. All right, fine. <laughs> yeah, it would be bad if we both end up comms and we'll both scowl and, and mash our keys. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. No. Okay. So, so the story so far, right? So, so one of the tasks of a twenty-four recap, I feel like, should kind of explain what happened because it happens so fast. This is something we neglect to do in most of our other recaps, which is actually explain what happened in the episode. Uh, but to start out with, to start out with, where did we leave us, uh, Jack Bauer? Uh, Jack Bauer back in season eight of twenty-four, which aired in two thousand ten. Way back then, uh, had foiled a plot um, that w- it was it was a cover up plot where the president of the United States was conspiring to uh, cover up actions by the Russians, uh, and uh, that involved like there's a nuclear weapon, there was a bunch of other stuff, and, and people were being murdered by the good president of the United States, President Taylor, uh, due to the actions of the bad former president of the United States, right. <laughs> who is uh, uh, a president. Oh gosh, what's his last name? Um, I, that's really dumb that I can't remember the last name of that terrible sneering. No, it's it, 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 it's dumb, but it's not your dumb. Yeah. Twenty four is dumb. 
That's right. That's like, right. You know, it, it it matters and it doesn't matter. Right, exactly. <laughs> so the point was that at the very end of the end of twenty four, the president, like Jack Bauer, is being dragged out into a parking lot to be shot, right? Because he successfully scuttled this peace treaty between the United States and Russia, which was founded on on all sorts of corruption. Even if the its original initial aspirations were admirable, all sorts of terrible things that happened in the service of pursuing it, and thus it was not worth it anymore. When it involved like a fake Iran or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the, like the country, right? His country, as they always refer to. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And so, so Jack Bauer is being dragged out into a parking lot to be shot. Gets a phone call from the president of the United States, who says, "I'm going to resign in disgrace because you've exposed everything. I feel terrible about everything that's happened. I'm going to remand myself to the attorney general. You are also going to have to face justice. Uh, however, I'm going to give you a head start. I'm going to buy you as much time as possible. Both the Americans and the Russians are going to come and kill you. So flee the." Frickin' country. And so Jack then, uh, uh, like, deals with the people who are trying to kill him at the moment, and then delivers, like, a tearful monologue, like, into a drone, into, like, a yep. drone camera <laughs> um, yep. to Chloe, uh, expressing his, basically his love for Chloe, like, how, how happy, not his, like, romantic love, but the whole, like, I never knew back at the beginning of this whole bunch of nonsense that became my life that you were going to be the one that I could count on. Because she doesn't even show up until, like, season, what, season three, or season two or three, right? Like, she's not a major yeah. character until season three. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, and so uh, and so then and that note, you know, Jack escapes and flees the country, and he's been gone for four years. We posted, uh, uh, I or I posted a story on Overthinking It recently uh, on Monday, which was about the Twenty Four Underground comic book published by IDW, which attempts to fill in the gaps of what happened to Jack Bauer between the end of Twenty Four and the current day. Uh, the short version of it is that it is a um, it, he was in the Ukraine. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and I think that, and and I, and uh, I de- we should definitely put that in the show notes because I think part of you know, the argument of your article is that this comic is not twenty four, um, and it may be in some ways connecting the dots. But this is also one of a multi part series, so it's not even that this you know the the volume of the comic book that you have gets you to where we are at the start of um of day nine right um and so you know we we know that he was in the ukraine um and we also that's actually consistent with the guy who's helping him out um uh chloe points out um i think in the second hour uh that he has tattoos that are um what is it some kind of eastern european yeah serbian yep it's serbian yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, serbian mafia um and so and 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 sort of asks where where he's been um but i really i i like that i want i wanted to point out that there's this really interesting um so the first thing i wrote in my pages and pages uh of notes uh on these two episodes uh was when we you know we, we open on um some you know a field operation in progress um and we and we learned that it's and and what, where we learn what is going on in this field operation is when um, a little kind of mini ground drone uh, is thrown into a little um, like a, a warehouse building and uh, comes live and we see Jack on a camera again. Uh, so the first thing I wrote in my notes was Jack cam. Um, and so, <laughs> so in some ways, you know, he may have been any number of places, but he in fact is, is actually in some ways – where we left him, which is on a tiny gray screen uh, by a, a uh, of a remote control device, and I thought that was like a really um, 
was, was is interesting an interesting kind of continuity from how um the last uh the last season ended and what really everyone kind of thought was the 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 series ended um and then then he's back there on on the screen um yeah. and I, and and I think that um in some ways you know, it, it just so happened, you know, and I, cause I don't believe, yeah, it just so happened that in the last one it was on uh, a drone, and now it is not, there, there's no accidental droning in this season. Yeah. <laughs> well, well yeah. yeah, there's no accidental droning uh, in, in this season of 24, and that's, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, um, I think a lot of um, the first uh, episode, um, you know, a, a lot of the first episode actually that 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 point of there is no accidental droning is actually a pretty good summary of the first uh of the of the first uh of the first episode and i guess i mean we can go i mean i'm i'm my impulse is to go non chronologically um <laughs> uh through um you know because on the one hand it helps to kind of clarify what is happening but in some ways the there you know we we have the benefit of being able to um to fight a, against a little bit against the ticking clock the tyranny of the ticking clock <laughs> well look, uh, look. And- <laughs> the the uh, the recap is in real time that doesn't necessarily mean that we say everything in order like <laughs> i'm not going to like reorder what ryan and i say in our conversation to make it match the continuity of 24 and and these conversations are not going to be edited all that much uh mostly well, just I mean, sound quality. to, to parallel Phrase or, or rephrase Young Jeezy. This is the realest time I ever wrote. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. Well, to go back to what you were saying, I think there's something we shouldn't skip over as overthinkers, which is that Jack Bauer leaves the show on a video screen, as a as a figure on a video screen, and there's a sense of kind of indignance or injustice that he's been reduced to this, but there's also kind of an honor to it. There's kind of a send-off to it, but there's mm-hmm. this sense that it's not necessarily right that this is happening. And then when he comes back, he's also on a video screen, and it's also not necessarily right that this is happening. Lest we forget, Jack Bauer only ever exists on a video screen. He is a fictional television (laughs) character. And we are all voyeurs who have been watching him go through a variety of tremendously horrible things through the entire course of the eight seasons of 24. His wife being murdered, his heroin addiction, his recovery from heroin addiction later the same day, right? Like, (laughs) him being stabbed many times, his daughter being hunted by cougars, various nuclear weapons, uh, the president getting shot, the president's brother who is also the president getting shot, all a bunch of other things happening. Although he was blown up with a bomb. I don't know if he was shot. Right. And this is why the names aren't important. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. We'll remember them to the best that we can. We can remember the best right. that we can. But the point is that Jack, that, that like there is an irony. There's a pretty intense irony to saying that it is wrong to be watching Jack Bauer on a drone video screen. Because And that's the kind of irony that, that 24 traffics in a lot. Yeah. Which is just that the thing that you're watching is is not good for you, right? Like, or is not good television or is, you know, like, it's like 24 never really makes a coherent, uh, I don't want to say coherent, 24 never makes an internally logically consistent case for why you should watch it as a television show, right? Like, it sort of jumps from point to point. Uh, It jumps from value to value. It's like, okay, at this point, you should watch the television show because there's heartfelt drama. At this point, you should watch the television show because nothing that's happening makes any sense. Like, at this point, you should watch the television show because there's hammy, ridiculous villains, right? Like, it's like, and there's, the the biggest thing is the relationship with torture, which we, again, see come back in this episode uh, a bunch of times, where it's like, 
you know, 24 is showing you torture and you're reacting to this torture in a negative way because it's like, oh, it's so tough to watch. But you're also enjoying it in this visceral way because we're beasts and we have limbic systems and we're terrible. And then it's, of course, like, oh, well, you know, also it's against the terrorists. So that makes it OK. And and I don't know if if. 24 always seemed to be just by committee enough that it never like totally came down 100% completely on any of the very immoral things that it endorsed. <laughs> right? Like right. there was always like some voice of reason or some bit of irony. Um, and, and I mean, maybe that's one other place to start with this episode, which is just, just how much like the old 24 it is. It just feels like it just started again without actually having really stopped. Yeah, and I especially feel it even more so in the second episode. Um, and, and, and so this is really kind of, um, chopping it up, uh, uh, out of, uh, out of order. But, um, the first episode, I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, the, the first episode actually is unusual in that it, it starts with a cold open, right? And, um, and, and I'm not a necessarily a 24 completist. And I just kind of, um, know if there are, you know, there's, there are wikis out there and kind of fandoms out there that know, you know, when kind of, you know, there's, there's, there's some conventions about breaking the convention so that, you know, when a major character dies, the ticking clock, um, plays silently going out to a commercial, right? And then, and a certain number of, you know, you can, and you can track on a wiki which characters have gotten a silent clock. And so I think that this is either one of the, only if not the like I, I, I think it's one of a few cold opens right and i think it's it's striking that you know you get the whole kind of capture of jack bauer happens before the um the delivery um that uh, of when the things are happening and that they're happening in real time and it's really striking because it's not a uh, round number is that uh, the 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 day starts at 1106 a.m. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, right and so it's all already been happening in real time but yeah. uh and and it's it's because it, i i like just before it happened i'm like wait how like what what in what time was this thing happening and i'm like well it was in fact happening from 11 a.m to 11:06 a.m and and so the clock was already ticking before yeah. the clock was ticking um so that there's some a little bit of in the first episode kind of um you know, reestablishing. um but then in the second especially there were just so many um really just um hitting all of the beats and that there were you know the in in and i i could just kind of you know wrote them down that you have a field agent engaging in blackmail and as a as a negotiation tra- uh, well let, let's let's not go too far let's take this no, no, one topic at a time that, but i'm saying you well, like, i want to like, talk about the cold open i want to talk about okay. the cold open you, say, you're stringing like I, five I, topics I, I, together I say that there are, you, like in terms of how it feels like this you just start to get to feel these things and again as we talk through i think since we've never recapped um 24 before we, we can start to zoom in on them um yeah. and, and and there's there's so much fun to talk about but you know again it's just the fact that you have blackmail and deadlines and um and and uh and saying that something is your only play uh and, <laughs> uh, and uh and uh you know again oh yeah um without getting ahead of myself one of the last lines uh that the last one of the last things that you hear um uh, Jack say in the episode is damn it exclamation point yeah um, yeah I loved it but the, notice the first damn it wasn't even from Jack Bauer it was from that from the guy from Miss Congeniality is the right. guy who said it the, the right, CIA right, right. agent was the first one who says like ooh it's a non-Jack damn it 
a non-Jack Dammit. Exactly. Um, so, all right. So let's 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 get back to the cold open. Well, I though. just wanted to say that the reason that there is a cold open is because almost every other episode of Twenty Four starts with "Previously on Twenty Four, right? Like, and then it's like Jack, you have to run into this building. He's like, oh, I don't have time to run into. Ah, shoot, 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 gun, gun, gun. You know, and like all this stuff that's happening, and this doesn't happen at the beginning of the season. Um, so I'd have to double check to see whether the other beginnings of the seasons have cold opens. But how gutsy would it have been to have said like previously on twenty four, and then just like gone through all eight seasons of twenty four? Like the device is making tab airplanes crash into one another. The virus is going to be loose in the mall, and there's nothing we can do to Edgar. Edgar, no! Right? Like uh, Rudy, Rudy, just all the little moments. If they just compacted it, that would have been glorious. But I, I would have liked then for actually to have them cut almost an infinite number of variations of previously on twenty four, <laughs> and have every American, everyone tuned in to watch it, get a different version of what is on twenty four, and then track as a longitudinal study people's experience of this this season of twenty four, because there are so many previously on twenty fours that you could cut together, right? Oh, totally, totally. There's so many different. You could you could do the Audrey Reigns previously on twenty four because she shows up, although yep. she has a now she's married to Tate Donovan from Love yes. Potion number nine and, and Hercules, right? And uh, uh, and and damages, which is what yeah. Oh, from. oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, and so the yeah the Reigns are back. I was surprised. I was surprised to see the Reigns who came back. Yeah, there's um like the previously with Chloe. I mean, do you want to talk? You want to jump to to some of that stuff? I mean, there's so much. The, the Reigns thing more happened in the second hour, right? Yeah. yeah, and so you know what? I'm going to try to you know because we we are coming uh, to to this recap with a, with a set of skills that we have, right? Mm-hmm. You know that um, as Jack Bowers is actually near the end of the second episode of you know you don't know um, how much danger you are in. Um, this episode, these two episodes of 24, don't know how much danger they are in because we have a set of skills that we've developed uh, as as recappers of television shows. Um, so I'm going to try something, and this may not take. But Jack Bowers in London. Um, and the, the same country that once uh, housed um, many, many um, fancy estates, such as Downton <laughs> Abbey. So, uh, so Pete, I'm going to ask you, did you, and maybe this is not even possible to do in, in a 24 episode, but is there a Downton Abbey scene in, uh, in either of these episodes of 24? And, and for those of you who are coming to 24 recaps um, without uh, listening to any of our podcasts, a, the Downton Abbey scene is, is a scene uh, in an episode of a, a uh, television show that um, seems to be about uh, to, to be kind of orthogonal to or separate from the main kind of narrative or the main conflicts or even main themes, um, but that uh, by talking about something else completely illuminate much of what is going on and tie together much of what's going on in the episode. Um, and so did you, um, in, in watching, in, in, not even watching, in, in feeling the, um, the, the 24 wash over you, uh, did you, did you pick out any, um, Downton Abbey scenes that might give us something to, um, to, to, to latch onto? Cause I think that, I mean, on the one hand, you know, I joked about the tyranny of the ticking clock, but I think that, you know, the part of the logic of 24 is to pull you through in this way. And so I, I want to see if breaking chronology through some of these other tools that we have gives us some additional purchase. Yeah, sure. So it's funny you would say that. Um, yeah, so I guess for the Downton Abbey moment for these two episodes, the big one that stood out to me, and again, this is something that's very peripheral to the main storyline and was had happened in sort of a private conversation, but informs a lot of things around it, was when the president was talking about having Alzheimer's disease. Yep. 
Yeah, yep, exactly. You felt the same That's way. Exactly, exactly what I wrote down. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, yep. I, I wrote down my Downton seed, yeah. and then quote, it's progressing a lot faster than the doctors anticipated. Yeah. and then it's terrifying losing yourself. Yes, it's terrifying to to lose yourself, not just your memories, but all of it. Yeah. Right, like, and that, and that has to do. Part of that seems to be about what it is to be in a television show that get, that ends, right? That like, because Twenty Four didn't just get canceled, right? Twenty Four ran for years after it felt like it wasn't like culturally relevant anymore. Like, right. there were a lot of people that I knew that just stopped watching Twenty Four, and then several years later, just started watching it again. Yeah, like having me, totally this friends. guy right here, yeah, exactly, exactly, because it was on for so long. It was on for eight years, yeah. um, which is which is just nuts. And uh, just because it was such a ridiculously high concept and expensive show to produce, the idea that you would do this gimmick—it's like it would be like if they did Dead at Twenty One, and they just kept. They just kept doing it over and over again, right? Like, I guess that's a, that's not an instructive example because it's so much more obscure than the example we're talking about. But yeah, just the, so so. What what are the many things that this means? On one hand, it's about the show, and it's about the identity of the the identities of the characters in the show who both through the progression of the initial show, like the eight seasons of the initial 24, had to understand that the show was eventually going to come to an end and thus had to confront the sort of painful, slow loss of everything that they were. And again, again by extension, the creators and the performers and everybody else confronting the loss of who they become, right? Right. Um, and especially like Kiefer Sutherland, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I can't look at him in anything without thinking about Jack Bauer. <laughs> yeah, and on the other hand... Okay, it's about memory. So it's about the memory of the show. And so in what sense does Jack Bauer still exist? Jack Bauer still exists as the cultural memory of the show that happened. And that cultural memory is going to slowly fade over time if 24 isn't on television anymore. Right? And so it's like there's this the part of putting tel- 24 on television anymore again sort of breathes new life into these characters. Then they and it's interesting that they're acknowledged that they're sort of fighting against this idea that they're like Marty McFlying out of existence. They're like fading slowly right but there's other elements to it i mean do you have other your other elements? i don't want to monopolize this this no very no um, i think that there's another angle of this and i think this relates to what you're what you're talking about um is that um that like being able to kind of is control over your legacy or kind of what you are mm-hmm. um so because i think another piece of this um this kind of losing uh losing yourself um is you know i um is what when talking about Jack, uh, they say, "Well, Jack Bauer is a terrorist." Um, mm-hmm. And when uh, later on, um, when they're talking about Chloe, um, they say she's one of those free information hackers, right? And it's it's um, and it's it's this interesting thing of you know that that they are all of these different things, and actually, kind of in the same way that um, you know, twenty four, uh, you know, in the the kind of joke about you know the. Me- almost infinite number of previously on 24s that you could cut would tell you a different kind of show. Um, you know, that, that these are characters that have done a lot of different things. Um, and, uh, and that it's interesting that, you know, that we're starting with them being these very one dimensional from the perspective of, um, of, of, of the speaker. And so I think that that kind of law, and, and again, I think that this is actually, you know, um, it gets back to you know, twenty four. You know, many people might say twenty four. The show about torture. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and so and and so I think that that's. Um, I think that there's that element too. So I think that that kind of um, relates to what you're saying. And then I think that the other way that it then relates to um, kind of plot is 
Um, you know, I, I, I had a, um, a list of things that I felt resonated with this line of it's terrifying losing yourself. And then um, as it gets um, to the last scene, right, the kind of what I like to call the 24 non sequitur cliffhanger, right, that <laughs> the, the, the thing that like. You know, and, and it does this a lot. This is one of my favorite tropes on Twenty Four, where they like are winding down, and they do the like the three or four way split screen of everything that you, has been happening in the episode, and then it cuts away to a full screen of something that you have not been seeing too much of, and something immense happens. Yeah. <laughs> a, a immensely huge WTF um, moment happens, and so and for this one, it was the pull up on the. Um, on the drone pilot that we saw before. And I actually wrote, um, uh, as the scene was started, I wrote uh, in my notes, what's up with this drone pilot? And then I wrote, <laughs> awesome, with three exclamation <laughs> points. Uh, because what is up with this is that the drone is hacked and yeah. uh, uh, and and controlled and fires on a American, um, or an, a kind of um, coalition um, military convoy in, in Afghanistan. Um, so I, and, and so that kind of... And, and and that kind of hammered that home of again you see this um, this drone pilot l- like literally losing like his command and the control of this um, remote controlled um, you know uh, device and so I think that that you know that and there's maybe a few other um, elements of this in the episode but I thought that it kind of interestingly connected some of the um, narrative things that were going on some of the character arcs and then a lot of the kind of meta textual moments yeah. especially in that first episode um and then i don't know there's um i mean and again we're we're, you know because you know on our um uh overthinking it recaps we have a history of there's interesting relationships of the length of the recap uh to the length of the source material um and, and you know on the community recaps uh you know community was a um uh, a twenty, uh, you know, each episode is in the twenty-minute range, and so each recap uh, lasted sometimes forty minutes to an hour, doubling or tripling the length of the episode. Yeah. On um, our recaps of of Downton Abbey or Game of Thrones, um, there's rough parody. Um, given that we're recapping. Uh, two hours worth of, of, of twenty four. <laughs> oh, do you want some lunch, Ryan? It's about noon. Oh, it's about. It's about actually. It's about eleven thirty. It's about eleven thirty five. Yeah, exactly. It's about. Yeah. It's about eleven thirty five. And so, yeah, I, I, while I'm getting hungry for lunch, uh, and you know, maybe um, you know, I, I have to get up and use the bathroom. But uh, you know that even though these things uh, happen, we're not going to get through through all of it. But that said, is there anything else in this kind of? And they do kind of blur together, um, you know. And well, there's a lot you've talked about that I'd love to comment on, Yeah, Ryan. yeah, go, go, go. So, like, there's... Well, uh, I, say, I, 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 wanna, I was trying to open it up for that before char- charging forward. Because oh, no, there's... I was just waiting to, for the focus to pass. No, I know. So, so one thing... One you thing have that, to take it, Pete. I have to take it. Uh, so one thing that 24 is huge on is dramatic irony. So much dramatic irony. Yeah. And a really, a really emotionally satisfying sort of dramatic irony that 24 loves to do is just have everybody really, really certain that Jack yep. Bauer has one particular sort of intention. And then he very everybody in the audience knows is not what he's doing, right? Like obviously, it's like Jack Bauer is not in league with the Russians. Like Jack Bauer is not actually working for the Mexican drug cartel, right? Like Jack Bauer is the hero of the story, and he's yep. going to turn out to be the hero of the story, and we're going to find this out. And and it's just so funny 
and I mean, just laughing at this show over the years, it's just so funny when everyone is like, Jack Bauer's a terrorist, and we're going to get him, and you're like, you are so incorrect. You are unbelievable. And there's just such a pleasure in saying sort of how incorrect you are to say this about Jack Bauer. And then there's like the reckoning and the reversal where we find out that, yes, they were very incorrect to say it about him. So yes, to a degree, Jack Bauer is a terrorist, but also in the way that the show handles dramatic irony when they say that Jack Bauer is a mm-hmm. terrorist and Chloe is a free information hacker, they're wrong. Like they're and exactly. like and twenty four is also about being wrong and people who are wrong and this idea that emerges out of nine eleven of and uh and from not out of nine eleven, but through the lens of nine eleven, which of course preceded twenty four going on television by a couple months, um, greatly to twenty four's benefit, like immensely. Right. Like honestly, I feel like twenty four has benefited more from nine eleven than like the any of the Islamic groups that would have wanted it to happen, right? Like this is this is like the law of unintended consequences, right? Well, it's, a, it's amazing though, because correct me if I'm wrong, but the first season of Twenty Four was actually written and shot before Nine Eleven, oh, yeah. and and it's about you know the first season of uh, you know I guess spoilers for season one of, of Twenty Four, <laughs> which if, if you're concerned about that, what are you doing here? I already <laughs> spoiled the big reveal of the end of season one of Twenty Four earlier in this podcast, but yeah, right. go ahead. Um, but anyhow, um, that. Uh, 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 that it's Eastern Europeans, right? The yeah. focus is on on Eastern Europe, on the on the Balkans, um, and on these kind of concerns of uh, you know, um, of, of foreign policy, um, you know, that axis of U.S. foreign policy in the pre um, pre nine eleven uh, era, and so, but but the so the fact is that um, it got this, and so I mean, and I've never like closely tracked. I mean, obviously the you know the concerns just of what the threats are. Um, change, but you're absolutely right that you know it was kind of it. You know, it's kind of the a Malcolm Gladwell, you know, ten thousand hours kind of thing. But it's just in this world, it's just twenty four hours. They put in there twenty four hours of being a show about terrorism before a major um, it became extremely topical, and we're like poised to um, then shift kind of narrative focus and some um, elements to to really handle this rather than yeah. anything else, more than anything else that had to. Uh, build from the ground up um, in kind of the post nine eleven era, yeah. which I think is I never thought of it in that way, but I think that's um, that's that's very interesting. Yeah. I think twenty four is to a certain extent a show about um, how difficult it is in a morally gray world to be someone who is always right. Yes, yes, <laughs> and, yeah, and uh, and and so then we come back to this episode where, and of course, Jack of Bauer is often very, very wrong, which is often glossed over in the show. Where like Jack Bauer will follow a lead for you know ten episodes, and it'll turn out to not have been the person that they wanted to follow at all, or they'll be chasing somebody, and all of a sudden the person will get killed at the last minute before they get them. But it never quite feels like Jack Bauer has been entirely wasting your time the whole time. It always sort of feels like Jack Bauer is right, and that the rightness will eventually out. But yeah, um, no, he. Has- this this deep rightness yeah. and it's just the world is wrong for not giving him the enough information right yes. that it's just that like he is always right he's always kind of both he he may not be he's always he's he like he has the right algorithms right and so as long as you put the right things in you get the right results yeah. um and and he kind of tends to rightness and actually I've never thought of this comparison but it's actually like another 
you know, now off the air, if I'm not mistaken, um, Fox property, which is House. Like, mm-hmm. um, like House is also, I mean, House is a lot more um, episodic, but like Dr. House is always right. And, you know, but every episode there's like, um, you know, a handful of false diagnoses and then it's solved in the end. Um, and there's a similar way of, um, you know, uh, and, and in House, they're not in a morally gray world, but they're in this kind of ambiguous and difficult world of, diag- you know, difficult diagnostics. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this – I think you're right that, that there is this really um, interesting – and I think this interesting element of 24 that's about um, being right. And I actually think that, you know, in some ways, given the kind of both moral ambiguity and just general uncertainty in the kind of um, – you know, I guess in the post 9-11 era and obviously even in the era which kind of ultimately initially produced 24, the, I guess the flip side of that is when you have – I think the, the interesting kind of part of the conceit of 24 is, you know, in a world of uncertainty, creating someone who is right all of the time. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and it makes Jack Bauer different from many of our morally gray kind of anti-heroes and a lot of the other, um, you know, our Walter Whites and our Don Drapers and our Tony Sopranos, right? That it's it's this inverse, you know, where you have the world is, is gray and Jack Bauer is, is, is you know, black and white. Um, and I think that so that's a really that's a really really cool point. Yeah, and I mean it's it's interesting because it's it's like the the things that are happening require somebody if always even if always right isn't quite the right way to say it, but yeah. somebody who is just relentlessly in pursuit of the thing that matters and who also sort of can whose motivations can be trusted. That that's always been the most I think the mm-hmm. most. Uh, kind of warm and fuzzy part of Jack Bauer is just his his capacity for trust. Uh, that and his like respect for the office of the presidency of the United States, yes, yes. which is just outstanding considering how many times the president of the United States has like tried to assassinate him and or other people during the course of the show. But he just has this reverence for the American system of government specifically yeah, for, for the For the Constitution, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's like it's really inscribed in his heart. Right? Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the drones, right? And also, and it's also you saw him talking with Chloe about the Edward Snowden stuff, which was right. kind of an interesting, an interesting take. Where you know Jack Bauer says, "Come on, you know these people aren't harmless. You know yeah. that they're disseminating classified information that's putting people in danger." And he says it like it's this freaking obvious thing. Right. And you right. know when when Jack Bauer says it, it's like, I mean, yeah, it is kind of an obvious thing, is <laughs> right? Like it's like right. I mean, right. I guess it is kind of naive to think that you could disseminate classified information about military operations and it's not going to affect anybody. And it's like, you know, and, and it's and it's just like, but in, of course, the discourse that we live in, in our post-Jack Bauer world, like that way of thinking is very frowned upon. Right. Um, right. And it was so... I thought I it was interesting yeah. in that scene, um, and I don't know if we have a word for this kind of scene, but I'd like to, you know, coin it, like that in some ways, if the Downton Abbey scene is the scene that illuminates you know the kind of some something thematic about the episode um through material that's kind of orthogonal to it in some ways the 24 scene is the scene that like in which with the really on the nose discussion of what <laughs> you know it seems like the message is supposed to be of a of the, of, <laughs> of the political content and context of the scene that is like interesting but is also is in some ways noise that obscures some of the other stuff that's going on yeah. right and and because there 24 has lots of these on the nose uh, uh, conversations. Some of them are, are um, you know, between 
um, Jack and Chloe are involved. Jack and a lot of them are these, uh, you know, the people again, like like you were saying, labeling Jack as something or the other. And there is sometimes there's irony in them, and sometimes there's not, yeah. right? And so, um, but yeah, and I think that the interplay between I mean, in some ways, because there are so many of these 24 scenes, of these very on-the-nose scenes, it actually makes finding the Downton Abbey scene that much more satisfying. <laughs> uh, See, uh, because it's... So, but, but I, I always thought of the 24 scene as a scene where you're yelling a lot of exposition while you're doing something outlandish. Yeah. So you're just like, you're like running across the street and you're like, look, we need to get to the locate. You need to get yourself to a safe location. And then I'm going to circle back and I'm going to go do this. And then I'm going to come back and get you. And it's going to happen in two hours or whatever. And I, that was one of the things I was associated with 24, but also just like, yeah, coming out and sort of saying, I don't think 24 does with regards to morals is it like brings up the uh the contrasting viewpoint to the point that it's sort of trying to make and it kind of makes the point 80 20 by having you know like a, a yeah. good example of this is um in the season where the because uh, <clears throat> because the reigns is uh, Ra- the secretary of defense reigns son in one of the seasons is literally gay for terrorists Right. Right. Like where it's like you think he's in league with terrorists because he's like a left wing kind of environmentalist and anti-war kind of guy. But it turns out that the problem is not that he's cooperating with the terrorists. The problem is that he's sleeping with them and that he's closeted. And it's that like because he can't be open about being out, he like skulks around with the wrong crowd and ends up, you know, being like uh, being sort of robbed. Right. He has a cell phone stolen. Right, and then, and so, and that's like the big turn, and so, and, and so, the sort of thing like where we're going to bring up the legitimate criticism to the thing that we're trying to say, and then we're going to make it look kind of stupid, right? And it's just like like we're going to bring up Chloe, and we're we're going to sort of shame her for doing this. Man, these cashews are dry. I got to drink some of the seltzer water. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, it, hydrating throughout the day is important. Um, you know, I feel like that's something you, you we should have... keep in mind. Yeah, through the entire series. Oh yeah, I mean you have to take breaks, you have to, you know, rest your eyes. I mean, this is this is going to be a long day, Pete. It is. This is going to be uh, the longest day of our lives, I think. The, the longest day of our recapping <laughs> lives. Um well, and so as even even with the spirit of pacing ourselves, um you know, and again, these are kind of these two episodes are are, you know, two parts of one whole, you know, that they aired together. Um but let's kind of pivot to the the second hour. Um, even though we are still just in our in our first uh, our first hour of engaging with this, um, let's let's talk about kind of what I guess noon to one, um, and uh, and uh, you know which kind of starts with the um, the aftermath of the drone strike and the aftermath of J- uh, Jack um, busting out of um, the CIA um, the CIA site, um, and I mean, was there any? Did you find? Any other kind of, you know, Downton Abbey-ish scenes or or other kinds of illuminating scenes um, in this second half, in this second episode? Or, or do you think that the kind of um, – the, the Alzheimer's uh, scene is kind of – you know, covers both? Um, well, I think – gosh, I wonder if this – I'm looking at my notes for when the episode split in half because uh... – Chloe is Edward Snowden. <coughs> I think that happened at the end of the of the first episode, not the beginning of the second. I think that no, most, I think yeah. you get Snowden in the beginning of the second. You get oh. your, it's Snowden, Snowden Assange, right? Um, yeah. Like he's half Snowden, half Assange. He's like the liger of like free information hackers. <laughs> um, I think. Well, I think it's it's worthwhile to describe Lady Jack Bauer 
like bizarre mirror universe Lady oh, yeah. Jack Bauer and her Orlando Bloom Chloe sidekick. Right, right, right exactly. Like, That's kind of what I was uh, talking about in the you know every the, the, it's this interesting field op, um, the field op com relationship, but gender gender flipped, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, let's talk about. Um, so what what was interesting about that um, you know that character and that pair? I mean, it's it's interesting for a bunch of reasons. I mean, it's particularly interesting because. It's, you know, it, the cyclicality of it, right? It's like she's yeah. going to go rogue in order to yep. go after Jack Bauer, who is going rogue in order to go after this. And, and just this thing that you that she's going after exactly what she is. And, and so thus this puts it's, her on somewhat of a journey of self-discovery, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, and um, it's also – it's Jack Bauer's all the way down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's one of the interesting situations – with regards to gender on television. And I, I feel like this character, this Lady Jack Bauer, whose name escapes me at the moment. I believe it's Kate. Kate. So they gave her a name for the ages so that we really remember who she is. We, they called her Kate. Um, what, are, what are her odds of her surviving through the end of this season uh, if she's called Kate? I'm sure – I hope that she survives. She's a good character. But one of the issues with these sorts of things, right, is that if you want to – have a str- a female action hero in a franchise that is dominated by a male action hero, you need to do something about the male action hero. And this is an issue also with like the management of large companies where it's like, well, everybody would love to just have a bunch of additional female executives, but then we'd have to get rid of the ones that we have and we don't want to do that. Right? Like it's, it's this idea that individual people kind of have to be bumped aside. And so a lot of the time you see these stories where there's like a plucky upstart female hero who's going to like rise up and sort of do the things that the older grizzled hero guy uh, wants to do. And then he sort of like, you know, teaches her and she has a big moment where she saves the day. And there's sort of this like, you know, morally washing your hands of it to the point where it's like, well, look, now the woman is the hero. And really like the male character has been the meant to like the superior person the entire time and is like taught her everything. I'm trying to think of good examples of this. But you know the the phenomenon I'm talking about. It's, definitely, it's definitely. Fair, I'm fair, also trying to think of a common. good example, but yeah. I definitely, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's something that Bruce Willis has done, though I'm not entirely sure that that's correct. Uh, well, Bruce Willis does it with all of his, like, I'm going to be the next John McClane characters, but they're all white dudes. Um, but yeah, but it's like, but here it's, here it's interesting because she is learning from Jack hmm. Bauer what to do, but he is not in this to teach her. Right, like that she is she is learning there's a there, she's learning by doing rather than like right, yeah exactly yeah he's, like there's like uh, there, there's just like he's just leaving like pedagogy in his wake like yeah, there's yeah. just like like there's there's lots of teachable moments uh, along the way but, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but I love the line of like as a side effect I'm, I'm telling you this because you're smart I think you're smarter than the rest of them <laughs> yeah right because <laughs> uh, you've already decided to go rogue from the CIA on the day you were fired which says you're my kind of lady right uh, it's like the best kind of like litmus yeah. test that you can uh, that you can that you can you know inadvertently give someone. Yeah, um, and I mean this. Yeah, this is also the kind of thing. It's like progress is marching on Jack Bauer, and he has to deal with the fact that he's aging and all this other stuff, and that there's going to be young up and comer whippersnappers who are going to try to. Now, of course, then is she going to be a mole? Who's going to be the mole? We don't know. Um, but I think I think the great line that she had, and this was what I was thinking of as the. Uh, as the Downton Abbey line, but it can't be B 
because it's in the other episode, which is where it's like, you know, set a level five containment or level five lockdown. And it's like, on whose authority? On my authority. You yeah. don't have any authority. Just do it. Right? Like, and it's uh, just the nature of authority. You know, it's like yep. Varus the spider would love that conversation. No, uh, absolutely. Cause, because then he does it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Right, and, and and it's and the authority is in the in the in and really in the person who follows the the command, right? Yeah. As opposed to in um you know the the you know the top down and the kind of you know broader authorizing uh, structures. And this guy, you know, um you know sees the authority in part because you know there seems to be some kind of you know. If not, you know, explicitly articulated romantic feelings, there's lots of lingering in doorways, right? Yeah, and, and yeah. you know, again, these are one of the other, um, you know, uh, things that, I, that is really funny about 24 is that, you know, for people who are under immense time pressure and high stakes, there's just so much time for, like, interpersonal conversations yeah. about <laughs> deep feelings, right? Yep, yep, yep. Um, I mean, it's just, it, 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 you, and, and, I mean, in part, you know, because as I'm like, you know, um, you know, more than on other podcasts, I'm aware of of, of the time because the clock is ticking, <laughs> and an hour is a long time, really, yeah, it is. Uh, in some ways, and and it's both a short time and a long time, and I think that um, 24 kind of thrives on that paradox and in the same way things can be both barely for barreling forward and yet allowing people to um kind of you know really actually find a lot of time to do all to do a lot of personal stuff yeah um, 24 is, per- is great at taking geopolitical conflicts and like making them about individual people and yep. their relationships oh I, I figured out another downton abbey line which i think um so this is less of a downton abbey line because it's not it is happening in the main plot and it is not sort of an askance uh, line that gives you a, an appreciation for the main plot. But I think a really great line to characterize uh, what some of what is happening in this episode, in the second episode of the beginning of the season, when Jack Bauer storms into the room with uh, with uh, Rashid in it, whatever his name is, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and he says, you know, you think I'm at a disadvantage. I assure you I'm not. Yeah. Right? Like, and that's just really interesting because, you know, Jack Bauer is hanging out with a shaved head guy with tattoos and he's l- sleeping with homeless people in a squatting house. And, like, his his friend is, like, you know, is, like, from Hackers and has eyeliner and is part of, like, the WikiLeaks coalition. And, like, and he's, he's doing all of this stuff to signify – uh, on, on an aesthetic level, on a sort of, uh, on just a sort of social level, that he is an underdog, that he is counterculture, that he right. is the sort of like he is the fifth column, he is like yeah. the the Occupy movement, he's all that stuff. He's a subaltern. He's um, subaltern. Yeah, he, he goes to the Democracy Center in Cambridge and like reads zines and stuff. You know, like he does all this stuff that and and it's like actually, I I assure you, uh, I'm a highly trained operative counterterrorism and I could kill everyone in this room. Like I am the establishment. I'm he, the man. Yeah. <laughs> I am the establishment that has to come in when the regular establishment isn't established enough, <laughs> right? Like, <Yeah. laughs> um, and, and I think that that is a really cool line with regards to his relationship with Kate um, as the up-and-coming person because there is – I mean I said before that, oh, Jack is aging and this person who's up-and-coming is going to take him out. That was more kind of like amusing about the stock plot that this could be. But if Jack Bauer very much is like – the force to be reckoned with, then his aging means something very different. Um, and it doesn't mean that he's like losing a step. It just, it means that he has sort of 
been at the top of the mountain for a long time and maybe losing sight of the people who have been coming up beneath be, below him and what they might need from him like and what he may might do he might do for them right he's like basically like jack bauer was like uh he walks in that room and he's like oh i assure you i have privilege i've just checked it for a moment right like, <laughs> he's like here is my card yeah he's like, <laughs> Exactly, he's like, I could, look, I have killed a lot of terrorists. I don't remember any of their names, and a lot of them were better actors than you. So, uh, but yeah, but it's just, I just think that that's that's a really cool dynamic to start out with because there's not this idea of oh, Jack Bauer has to come out of retirement and he doesn't want to be Jack Bauer anymore, which they totally could have done. They could have been like Jack because they did that a bunch of times in the regular show. <laughs> they do everything multiple times where Jack's like, no, I gotta have a beard and hang out in the yeah. train station. <laughs> they're like, no, Jack, they're gonna blow up the world, and he's like. Oh man, I gotta do this heroin, and they're like, "Oh, come on!" And then he's like, "Okay, fine, let's do it. Let's get in the truck." Um, right, but now he is like, he is Jack, right? Yeah. And, uh, and 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 no, and I and I think that, he, and he's he's as kind of at peace with what that is as uh, well. He is, and he isn't at peace. I mean, there's the the you know the lack of pieces. You know, you know, saying, "I don't have any friends," yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. And I think um, I think I think yeah 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 that he has no I mean because that's why the, that's why Jack needs like a Tony Almeida figure I think and I hope that we see Tony Almeida this season I think good money is that Tony Almeida will show up at some point right did he die I don't think Tony Almeida died. no one no one ever dies I mean it's like he mysteriously sort of died uh, I don't think he did yeah um, I mean we should have a we should almost like it'd be interesting to have a like twenty four like back from the dead. Uh, I mean, again, like a uh, poll, basically who is like the most like, uh, like which, like you could probably set odds on different quote unquote dead characters coming back, um, or dead or incarcerated or, you know, otherwise off the place of face of the planet yeah. characters. Um, because, you know, again, the, the, um, the, the, the season is called live another day. Yeah. And so if we don't get some reincarnated, um, uh, big surprises, uh, I'll be disappointed and yeah. I'm certain I will not be disappointed. Yeah. So yeah, Tony is not dead. Tony got taken into FBI custody cause he turned evil in season seven. Right. Uh, and so, <laughs> right. Yes. 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 That's the uh, Colonel Debaku uh, yeah. in, in the White House season. My favorite season. The season that brought me back. Uh, oh, man. Uh, ba- brought me back from my missionary work in the country of Sangala. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but like, but Jack, so Jack, because Jack Bauer, yes, he's, he's always right, but his certainty. Uh, can can cause him to be blind to things, yeah, um, and and to blind to the effects of things around him, and so to have somebody competent who sort of checks him in certain ways is kind of important. Uh, it's yeah. a cool and important relationship. Um, um, I think there's like, on that theme. I think that another scene that um, I felt like kind of summed up that and and kind of pulled some of these um, you know the. the this together in the second half um, is the scene in which the president is talking about wanting to go and give the speech to parliament mm. and says, well, you know, it worked in Ohio, right? In Ohio, we were down and we went and I spoke and, and we pulled it out. Um, and I think there's this idea of, of getting stuck in these kind of old m- metaphors and models and, and trying to transplant them in a new territory. Right. And, mm. and, the, and the, you know, the extent to which that does work and the extent to which it doesn't work. Right. And so, especially in that, fits with something I was saying earlier with, you know, this episode really starting to hit a lot of the old beats and it feeling very familiar. Um, but then there, but then at the same time, it is, 
and it's the same, but it's it, it feels like it might be a little different as well, right? And yeah. so um, I think that that's an interesting. Um, I think that'll be an interesting thing to watch as we go on is where, um, you know, are there uh, for for 24 and the beats that it goes through, where is it kind of working in this new world and where is it, where are their tensions? And I think that that will be a kind of an interesting thing to see um, this, uh, the, the series explore as it, as it moves forward. Yeah, it would, it would be, I love, I kind of like recapping this because I don't know what's going to happen. Unlike game of Thrones where I know what's going to happen sort of, Um, but it's like, so, so I can actually speculate about what's going to happen in the story. Right. But so Jack, so what if what if that statement from the president that you didn't believe in me in Ohio either, right? right. And this and you're saying that there there's a tragedy to that statement because the point is that the president the president's uh, faith in himself and the president's sort of right. ongoing confidence and character, and also his virtue. Like, this right. has been a virtuous character who's been in previous seasons. He's a good guy. He's trustworthy. He's probably the best overall political person in the whole show, right? Defense Secretary Reigns. I mean, he gets involved in some shady things at times, but, like, he's he's a good dude. And the idea that at some, at a certain point, he won't be competent anymore, mm-hmm. right? And, and, mm-hmm. and, and that, that Tate Donovan knows this, but the president kind of doesn't, and Audrey kind of doesn't. Do you, what if at some point in the future of the season, you know, Jack Bauer's competence becomes an issue? Uh, yeah, and yeah. I think, that, I mean, that you, you were mentioning this. I mean, this is, is definitely a, it's an interesting question, um, because, and, and it would be tough. I mean, this is not a full 24 episode season. Yeah. And so it's, I mean, I, I could see it coming in in the, in the kind of back half, and that would actually, um, that would actually, work with the this introduction of this Kate character right in that case then they're you know in the back half of the season the relationship shifts and and he is actually actively training her as his replacement uh, which is I there's I feel like the smart money would be on that happening right um and again in a full 24 episode season you know it's it's like that like you know probability approaches one in 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 the abbreviated 12 episode season um it's it's less certain because you you know it um you know this is still right you the truck has the same turning radius it's just in a tighter alleyway yeah like 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 this thing is not you know you you just you don't you don't put jack bauer it's it's not a season of 24 is not a compact car so like it's it's only going to do the three-point turn so quickly so um in terms of pivoting into like you know exploring that the competence question Mm-hmm. Um, it, it'll be a question of really how quickly they can kind of whip the wheel around. Yeah. Um, but I think that there's a, a good likelihood that um, that will happen. Um, well, I don't know about you, people. I'm I'm getting really ready for lunch. Yeah, it's gets. I'm starting to get a little bit hungry. I think I think that sounds about like we should maybe uh, we should punch out for a bit. I'm gonna go take a dump. Yeah, um, I mean, this is the pre-lunch dump. It's, yeah, it's classic. This is real um, time, people. We're not gonna mince words. It's all gonna be like real life the whole time. Well, and I think that, like, you know, so it's like we we will, like, start winding down this call, and then something crazy is going to happen. <laughs> I lo- I'm looking through my notes about that stuff, and I have a line that says, this Russian woman clearly appears to be some sort of spy. Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> I should have yeah. seen 
that because I'm like I was like what this doesn't seem like why is she there and yeah. I'm like of and, and then and then in that in that scene uh, I was like of course <laughs> yeah. and how great is it that Catelyn Stark is like the first villain that we encounter of like yeah. real consequence in this show joining it's jo- <laughs> wonderful is what it is <laughs> joining such luminaries as like the guy from Forever Night who was one of the early villains I don't I just love seeing the 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 early season twenty four villain who's like who's like recognizable from the cable television show um and uh oh gosh i mean well we had james cromwell but he was a later season villain he was he was pretty impressive i kind of Um, i kind of hope that all of the villains are all game of thrones actors that would be wonderful (laughs) well and then there was the one the mummy was a was a 24 villain and that was awesome uh jigsaw was a 24 villain and that was awesome Uh, but yeah everyone everyone has been a 24 villain (laughs) (laughs) everyone has at some point the 24 villain is inside of you the whole time and i guess this is the last one how great was the exchange after chloe stole the volvo because it was totally a volvo yeah right it was like, totally a volvo and it yeah. was great <laughs> yeah the whole like i where'd you get this he's like i stole, I stole it. it i hotwired it good job <laughs> like it just there's this look that com- like Kiefer sutherland so great just yeah. so great and just the complex emotions that pass his face when he realizes simultaneously like a sense of of a little bit of a sense of fear in that we've done this illegal thing. Okay, that's a complication. A sense of relief that he doesn't have to do anything else. And then a sense also of being impressed that he didn't expect Chloe was capable of such a thing, but also a sense of sadness because there's this idea that, like, wow, so much time has passed that Chloe has become a carjacker, right? Like, it's like, jeez, right. like, things are different. Our relationship is different. Um, like, I've been off the grid for a while. Right, and there's this, there's this, all, all these things pass across his face, and all he says is "good job," you know, which yeah. is just so great. Just love it. Yeah, and it, it, it kind of gets back to that the scene, um, you know, the scene with the the drug dealers, um, yeah. where you know, in some ways, you know, just as Jack, you you have no, you know, those guys have no idea what danger they're in. You know, I mean, I think that like you know that scene, the the that last scene with uh, with Chloe, it, you know, exhibits that for Kiefer Sutherland as an actor in general, and particularly as you know, an actor portraying Jack Bauer, and it's so it's cool to see that in effect, it kind of. Um, and and you know there's lots of other kind of moments i mean he's he says very few words throughout the whole yeah. episode and again he's not a um uh, a super um wordy um character but especially now that he's on the other side where right? this other people are kind of you know doing the exposition through like giving orders you know then he is actually much more silent and um and 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 has words that 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 are generally pretty weighty um and then lots of kind of action lots of movement mm-hmm. and so the interplay between kind of silence and and word in um Jack Bauer in this season is i think really interesting already yeah. Yeah. So I guess we should what we should close this off with, I think, perhaps, is like is like mole watch and also like kind of our understanding of what is happening in the story. Because it will change rapidly from episode to episode. Yeah. So like who do you think is the mole? At this point, like, what, who, who's, because one of the wonderful things about 24, and I, I really found this again when I went back through the old seasons, is that there are people who work against the interests of the hero merely because they are like inconvenient jerks. 
right? right. Like, and that you don't think you totally think that they're going to turn out to be evil. I think the Aisha Tyler character uh, right. was one of these characters where you really thought that she was cooperating with the terrorists, but like really she was just a career climber who was right. just being really annoying for her own corporate benefit, right? Her own like or government benefit or what have you. And she didn't, and she ended up getting killed, you know. She didn't end up dancing on the graves of all of the of the victims of violence. She ended up getting killed by the terrorists. But um, but yeah, but it's like, who do you think is you know uh, just a jerk, and who do you think is like actually nefarious in this season so yeah, far? Yeah, it's it's hard to tell. I don't have good. Pred- I I think my. Um, my Moldar is pretty bad, uh, <laughs> um, and I, I can never really read um, the, the 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 tea leaves too well. Um, I don't. Do you have any? Do you have any predictions, or do you have any any sense? Well, the big question is whether the Tate Donovan character is evil, um, because and the, the the trick here is that the Tate Donovan character doesn't want anyone to know that Jack Bauer is alive. This. The the first impulse there is because he's in league with the terrorists. The no, second impulse I think is he's just a jerk. Well, yeah, it's also because he's married to Jack yep. Bauer's ex girlfriend, yes. right? And he doesn't want her to know. So okay, so is, there'll probably be a, a point where he has to make some sort of really important choice, or where he gets killed, right? Like uh, yep. I mean, he, Audrey's boyfriends and husbands tend to die, uh, and they they well, Audrey's previous husband died gallantly, right, in like in a brave way while accompanying Jack on a crazy mission, uh, and so and thus making her single again, which you know was convenient. So there's him. There's uh. There's, there's him, there's the black guy, there's the black CIA officer who doesn't like uh, Lady Jack Bauer, who doesn't like Kate. Um, yeah, I could see, I could see him being a mole yeah. potentially. There's also, uh, there's also the guy from Miss Congeniality, he, who the head of the CIA. You know, he could be the mole, um, like working. I, he doesn't seem like a mole. Well, he didn't want to remand. So he didn't want to remand Jack Bauer to the special interrogation unit. He wanted to interrogate Jack Bauer himself to find out what was going on and why. There seem to be complications around Adam, right? right? Around Adam, who is Kate's boyfriend, right? Or husband? Right. Uh, and uh, so, husband. Husband. Yeah. And that he was a traitor and that she didn't know. And that because he was a traitor, she's being sent back to the States. And, there, and there's a possible – the black guys seem to think that like, – like he brought Adam up as a reason why she shouldn't be trusted. And that if that was a setup of some kind, right – then, like, um, uh-huh. you know, then it's like, okay, well, we got to keep remembering people. Uh, we got to keep re- remembering Adam so that this woman doesn't get on the tail of the wrong thing. But at the same time, too, that's kind of like a corporate climbing kind of thing. So, I mean, it's also what is Cat- Catelyn Stark trying to accomplish? Um, what is the prime? It, 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 may, it may not actually be killing the president. Um, I mean, it may yeah. be or it may not be. Yeah. Um, because, like, I mean, in some ways, the killing the president is kind of what um, the now dead, you know, ro- remote control, you know, what wing commander thought the objective was. Yeah. But, you know, the, the like, he, like, he's, like, the sub-first villain, right? Yeah. He's the guy that, like, is the first pawn to go. Yeah. And so there may be... Yeah, I mean, this, it, 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 I think one of the things that will be fun about this is seeing just how freaking wrong we are. Yeah, uh, because like some some of it there are clues, and some of it is just like you know we just like get hit with these things out of nowhere. Um, yeah. And so, and that's kind of the part of the pleasure is to speculate and then be like laugh about how yeah. freaking wrong you were. So here's my um, here's my crazy theory for the day: Catelyn Stark is working with the Prime Minister of Britain. 
that yes, Stephen Fry. I think that's a really good guess. That's an ex. That's an extra. I, yeah, I think you just nailed it. As much as I said it, like, yeah, I, I think that's a really good guess because right. that makes sense. There's interests are aligned there because mm-hmm. then it gets um, the U.S. Uh, out. It, there's a lot of things that it that it accomplishes, mm-hmm. um, and that makes a tremendous amount of sense. Yeah. Cool. Well, on that one, you want to go to lunch, Ryan? Yeah. I, right. I, and but but dump first. But what? Oh, dump, oh first. dump first, then lunch. That's right. I, I burned some of my dump time by talking about the, the, the moles. But yeah, so, uh, yeah, please, this is going to be going on audio only on our uh, TV recap podcast feed, which you can get through iTunes and Podtacker. Please subscribe. You'll also get the community recaps, and you'll get the Game of Thrones recaps. A lot of people who listen to our recaps pick and choose because they only watch one or two of the shows. Uh, so, you know, by all means, pick and choose if you like, but, you know, subscribe to keep getting the reminders. And, uh, yeah, and, and we have lots of other podcasts. There's Ryan's podcast, the TFT podcast, which is about youth culture and about music, and they're doing some great run-throughs of contemporary music and classic uh, teenage rebellion music, and I'm a big fan of that. And then there's the mainstream Overthinking It podcast, which talks about big blockbuster movies and issues of the day, and um, we wanted to have one about how to name a dog, but we haven't done that one yet. Uh, so <laughs> we end up talking about Star Wars for an hour and 20 minutes, which I thought was pretty great. Um, but yeah, but please, uh, if you want to learn anything else, uh, anything further, anything more from us about our many, our many, uh, our many insights and our many criticisms before we come back next week with more Jack and Chloe and awesomeness, please visit us on the web at www.overthinkingit.com where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny. It probably, probably doesn't, doesn't deserve. deserve. Yeah, I'm pretty much done with these cashews. Um, yeah, I'm going to turn the fan on. Feel free to turn on some music if you want. Yeah, I definitely think I will. Who do you think we should invite to do the next episode? Uh...